0: Hey, this is the Bridging Realities Podcast with your hosts, Danielle Polgar
1: and Eugenia Kroc,
0: bridging the esoteric and the practical concepts
1: of astrology into everyday life. We're happy you're hanging out with us, and we hope you enjoy.
0: Here we are, episode two of Bridging Realities, and we're excited to be here today to talk about our favorite astrology resources and books for the self-learning, self-taught astrologers out there, as similar to Eugenia and myself, um, and we're also going to talk a little bit about the upcoming eclipse season. Mm. So, yeah, welcome, welcome, everybody. Yes, for tuning
1: in. Well, yeah, thanks for tuning in again. We're really. Uh grateful that uh, so many people listened to our first one and we got really great feedback and some uh, good uh, critical feedback as well, um, which was really helpful. So um, thank you for listening and we're really excited to keep doing this.
0: Word. 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 <laughs> 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 so where should we begin? I mean, maybe talking a little bit about how we started to learn astrology or you know how that kind of unfolded for both of us. So, do you want to start?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think the story is is uh, incredibly important of how I got into astrology and, and I know we talked about it a little bit before and and I'll focus a little bit more at least my story today a little bit more on uh not just how I got into it, but how I started learning it and what helped me learn as much as I know now. Um but, yeah, I actually start every reading I do with the story of how I got into astrology. um I find it's really helpful to start that bridge uh, with clients to really help them understand how I know what I know and um and and how I got into it. So, uh, so similarly, I uh, started uh, around the time I met you. So we talked about that last time, and you were one of the first individuals who kind of pointed it out to me. Like, hey, there's this thing called Saturn Return, and it sparked some interest in me. Uh, and then I did go ahead and get really involved because of our professor at school, Jason Hawley, who is an evolutionary astrologer down in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and uh, he was a phenomenal teacher. He is a phenomenal teacher, and he started uh, bringing the concepts of astrology into our psychotherapy classes, um, initially with tracking ourselves uh, with the moon. So he had us actually use a a journal to track ourselves and our process with the moon, and my initial response to that was duh. <laughs> like yeah, duh. Why,
0: totally. have I, like, <laughs> why have
1: I never done this before? It's ridiculous. Right. Um so it was pretty exciting. And I don't think I really like came into any kind of big conclusions at that point. But uh so he brought some more into it little by little and then eventually uh took me on as a mentee. And I worked with him for a pretty brief time, but a pretty important time. Uh he started introducing some books to me and concepts, uh, the difference between the house, the, the zodiac, uh, constellations and the, the planets, the entities themselves. Um, but then I left Santa Fe and, uh, found myself in Colorado and, you know, miracle upon miracles found myself teaching astronomy slash astrology at a middle school. So I was actually working with, uh, kids from 6th, 7th, and 8th grades, so young kids, uh, but really bright kids. I find that's a really intriguing time to, to work with people because uh, they're they're quite open still. And um, somehow I was uh, accepted into this private school to teach astronomy slash astrology to these kids. Um, and it was really, really exceptional experience. In fact, it was probably one of my greatest work experiences I've ever had um, because they were incredibly receptive and also pretty critical, or criticizing, I should say. They were always asking the right questions, and it forced me to get more answers. So what wound up happening is I had to learn the science first and foremost. Um, So here I was practicing astrology for probably about a year at that point, or maybe a little bit more. But now I had to really say to these kiddos, you know, there's this planet and it's this far away from the sun and it goes around the sun this many um, years or um, months or however long it takes to get around the sun. And, um, and this is when it was discovered and this is who named it. And this is where we um, get our information from. This is some history about the planet. Uh, Have we been there? What data do we have on that planet? So it really forced me to get into the science behind it because I needed to almost start really rudimentary with them. Although it was kind of this concept that I innately understood um, without needing to know the, the specific details of all that, it was really helpful to, to get those details because it gives me this full-bodied understanding. And then I went ahead and um, went into the mythology of each planet. So I wound up bringing photos of, you know, let's say Saturn. So I was bringing photos in of the Roman myth of Saturn, the Greek myth of Kronos, and I heavily studied these mythologies. And, and grateful, uh, to that I am grateful today that I did that and that I continue to do that because I think the story is, to me, when, my, when I practice the richest Piece of, of astrology, and um, knowing the m- mythology and knowing the, um, incarnations of the myth is also been really helpful because myths are stories. So they change and they shift and throughout history, you know, it's, let's say it starts with Kronos in Greek mythology. Well, it goes through its own metamorphosis, um, uh, all the way into saturn through the roman myth and then into into current day mythology and understanding uh because the root of all of these myths is in our collective culture um so you know you'll you'll be behind a car called saturn now or i i worked um at a restaurant um, in my 20s, and my the, the time clocks for actually all the restaurants I worked at was called Kronos. It was a time clock system. Um, mm. And of course, he rules time, and he rules structure. And so once I started really eating and metabolizing the mythology, I started seeing it in everyday society and culture. And, and so I was able to then bring that into the kiddos. And then I started teaching them the astrology, almost peripherally to the to the roots of of the practice. And so that was what really kick-started my education with astrology um, in my own self-taught way. Um, and of course, along the line, I have read, you know, countless books. I have listened to countless interviews. I have had lots of conversations. Um, and, and most importantly, I've read lots of charts. And um, I think for anybody who's interested in starting to get involved in astrology, that's like the most powerful way to learn is to do. And, um, and you know, when I very first started doing charts prior to even teaching the kiddos, I just went for it. I don't know why Uh, people knew I liked it. And they said, Hey, my friend wants to look at a chart. And I was like, sure, you know, you know, 50 bucks, I'll do it. Great. (laughs) You know? And, um, and and I had to learn pretty quickly um and I saw the mistakes by doing and I continue to um and and where my strengths are and I I fell into my own rhythm with it and now having done it you know you know thousand clients later I have a Mm, I, uh, a, a groove now, um, and and that simply had to happen by by doing. Um, and so I think no amount of education can really match the actual education of of actually looking at a chart with an individual and and playing around and seeing what you find out. So um, that's how I that's how I taught myself. Um, uh, that's some of how I taught myself. So that's a little bit about my story.
0: A little bit. Love it, love it. I felt like I went on a journey with you, Mm. following you through that whole thing. And honestly, I didn't even know all the details of your story, so that Mm. was, you know, really kind of a new thing for me to hear from you as well. I mean, we've definitely talked about it in pieces, but to hear it uh, as a as a whole. Was really neat. So thanks and, for sharing that. Well, and
1: thanks for listening, because I actually don't know if I've ever told anybody that story. Um, <laughs> it's so... a first for both of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that kind of shows you the power of story. And that's, what I, I, that's why I think astrology is so powerful, is you bring in a mythological story, and it resonates for people on this archetypal, deep, deep level. And stories are you know, crucial to, to being able to communicate with one another. So thank you. So I'd love to now uh, jump on your ship and hear your story.
0: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And I also just want to say, you know, in the storytelling piece that that's always what I refer to in my astrology readings is that, you know, I'm not a fortune teller, but I'm a storyteller. And you know, what we're looking at when we're looking at a chart is really the storyline of your soul and how it unfolds in time. You know, how, how we write our own story and how we can co-create a new script. If we're not exactly happy with, um, what is showing up in our lives so you know being able to use the chart as a way of as a tool to empower ourselves to step into a more co-creative relationship with the divine and with you know the divine that that we are actually so yeah so let's see. Yeah, in, in listening to your story, I was like, wow, it's such a contrast to my <laughs> experience with um astrology and how it organically unfolded as a practice, a spiritual practice, but also as a way in which I use it in my client work mm-hmm. um in a therapeutic way, you know. Um so I definitely wish I could have taken Jason's class. I left Southwestern right before that happened. I'm so jealous. (laughs) But um, my journey with astrology definitely came out of or was born out of self-inquiry and really using the information I was finding in books to explore my inner terrain Mm -hmm. and landscape, you know, to kind of get a sense of like, who am I and, you know, what is this language and how can it really speak to, um, my personality, you know, my, my traits, my tendencies and In a way, I I used it in a similar fashion as I was taught in counseling school to be my own first client. So it was a real in depth relationship that I developed, and it still is to this day. I mean, I check my chart very frequently, which is wonderful and also not wonderful (laughs) at the same time. So, um, you know, there is a kind of balance there that I am still trying to figure out in terms of how seriously I take this, how you know, how I can, um, incorporate it in a healthy way. So I'm not relying on it as my only source of information to know, uh, myself. And so, you know, I did, I did work with a couple of different astrologers, but more in the sense of getting information about myself through their understanding of an interpretation of astrology. So, um, and then I definitely explored it in counseling school as a, diagnostic and assessment tool. Mm. So that to me was kind of that tipping point of recognizing, Oh, I could actually use this in my counseling work with Mm. people. This is phenomenal, you know, and it occurred to me that I could potentially be an astrologer, like um, up until probably about, you know, my first year in counseling school, I didn't consider the possibility that I would ever become an astrologer. I just thought I'd be a therapist. And so when I started to explore that deeper and started to read certain books about psychological astrology and how to use it in counseling, specifically Greg Bogart's work, I was astounded. I was like, this is amazing. I need to do this. So I did start working with a therapist that, um, who worked with astrology as a tool, as a counseling tool, and, uh, got to see how different people used it in that capacity, both men and women, different teachers and astrologers. And I just continued Delving into books. I have a huge collection, and I actually just went through and came up with a list of different books that I really resonate with and that I continue to refer back to. Mm. And most of the authors are women. So I thought that that was a really interesting component of what draws me into um, and connects me to the different types of astrological research and insight that's out there in the world. So I do have a list of some of my favorites, which I'll share. Um, maybe we'll, we could share that a little bit later. Yeah, But, uh, yeah, it continues to be uh, an ever unfolding of, you know, the information and, and really being able to digest the information on a cellular cellular level, where I feel like it's resonating really deeply in my bones, like what you were saying in terms of the archetypal, uh, kind of expression of it and getting to see how this, these patterns play out in, people's lives. And like you also said, you know, it it really is by spending time with clients and getting to hear their stories and how things have, um, happened for them, you know, how these different patterns have unraveled, uh, how they're expressed. Then I can have more material to work with in understanding how this esoteric material is really worked through the human experience, how it's expressed, how it's explored, you know, both on the whole entire spectrum of, these planets and you know their uh the way in which they can be utilized, you know, the energy. So it's been a really fascinating journey thus far. And I can imagine it's going to take take me on a ride. You know, I, I'm I'm really open to seeing where this goes and <laughs> seeing what I can continue to learn from it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful. 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 Yeah. Wonderful. yeah so I was thinking, um As you were talking about books, I definitely would love to be giving out um, book suggestions here uh, because I think that is a a huge learning curve when people discover that there is something to astrology. It it comes into our lives um, uh, out of nowhere, right? Like in, In Greek mythology... You know, and it, when we talk about the creation story of Greek mythology, and the creation story in all stories, right? So there's there's the creation story of Christianity, the creation story of Egyptian mythology, and um, and the creation story of our own lives, right? Like we love telling the story how we got here, like how our parents met, and um, and what our birth was like whether it was wonderful or not um we love telling the story of uh you know people often talk about i was born in a thunderstorm or i was you know (laughs) i came in and there was an earthquake i hear that story sometimes and our our own personal creation story is of course really important and i really resonate with the greek uh, myth because of uh, astrology and so on and so forth but uh out of chaos is is the origin of the story is born gaia and uranus and Eros brings them together and they mate and and thus everything begins here. And Eros is is the archetype, the story of what brings two arbitrary items together. Uh, So we're walking down the street one day and we meet the eyes of someone and before we know it, we're dating them or, um, for something brought us together. Um, my, my dog, uh, I didn't know she existed. And one day she walked into my life and that was that. <laughs> and we were, um, in love from that point on. Um, and this happens with astrology. Eros brings astrology to us and, and us to it. You know, uh, I, I know I was always, understood about astrology, I always, uh, my grandmother taught me about what it was to be an Aquarius cause she was an Aquarius and she always said, ah, we're the weird ones in the family and everybody else won't understand us, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, cause she was crazy. I loved that woman, but she was very, um, out of the box and, um, but she helped, she always helped me understand why cause she was an Aquarius and I was an Aquarius and I don't know if she fully understood what she was talking about, but it began the vocabulary, but but it was an idle, you know, Monday afternoon when it really woke me up, you know, and it was like, wow, I think I might have a relationship with this thing called mm. astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, like the beginning of all cycles, which the Zodiac is beautifully naming, um, like the beginning of spring, like the beginning of the day when we wake out of bed, Eros gets us out of bed, Eros initiates spring, Eros initiates the beginning, but... And Aries is the initiator. It's that, that beginning energy. But you don't know what you're doing, right? Like you, when we're born, we come out of the womb. Eros brought us here. Somehow some sperm hit some egg and we got here. And we are brave enough to leave the womb um, and that quite painful journey, um, which is very Aries to me. And and we're here, but we don't really know what the fuck is going on, right? Like we mm. are, we're, we're, we're learning that the rest of our life. And so I... I, I name that same energy, that same cycle with astrology. You know, a lot of my students come to me and arrows hit, you know, hit them and with astrology. And for some reason they're interested in it, uh, whether it's cause maybe they had a random reading with me, or maybe they heard some, uh, some conversation or some topic on, on a uh, television, uh, and, and they were, something was born, some energy was born, but there's a, there's a lostness. And, and the books, of course, are going to help educate. But it's almost like when I work with students initially, it, before I even give them resources, I'm I'm naming the fact that they have just met up with a part of their destiny. <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. And just to sit with that. Like, just to see that something big has just started. And um, because when people, uh, at least the students that I've worked with, you know, they're paying me money to learn this. This is not some hobby. <laughs> this is this is something that speaks to them deeply. And 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 I think, you know, they're like, oh, I need to know all this information. I need to understand why, da da da. da. And b- b- before anything, before you start reading and before you start asking, just notice <laughs> that this is you've just begun a journey.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And if anyone's listening to this right now, Eros has struck and there we are and you are you have met up with astrology and, um, and just recognize that that's a big deal. You know, it's, yeah. it's the initiation yeah. of a new cycle in your life. So I just wanted to name that really quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and listening to you speak about this, um, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, another way to describe it even is the sense that I get from people who suddenly kind kind of come upon astrology in some way where it sparks this fascination mm-hmm. and in a way it's almost like discovering our reflection in the water yeah. for the first time like oh my god totally. I didn't know I looked like that totally. or I didn't know I existed you know to have something that mirrors mm. your inner experience and understanding of the world to have a map or a guide or some type of coded language to understand what's going on in your life you know and I really come uh, to astrology from the perspective of uh, curiosity and like Mm. nothing is set in stone in in the sense of, you know, I certainly don't believe that these celestial bodies are actually creating experiences for us, but they are, you know, mirroring and reflecting what is unfolding in our, you know, inner map and our inner universe, you know, our our psyche. Mm. So um, it just at least helps us to externalize it and to see it outside of ourselves so that we can have a better understanding of it because in our inner world sometimes it can get really messy yeah. and uh there's a lot going on there's a lot of information being processed and passed around and I love astrology I mean I have so many planets in Virgo so of course this this is suitable for me but uh-huh. It really puts everything into a certain image and lays it out. It's very clear, you know. It compartmentalizes every, all of the parts of the whole, mm. and so we can look at the parts and we can kind of, you know, peek in and dissect a little bit and see how this part relates to that part and that part relates to this part, and then we get to see the whole orchestrated right. piece of music that we essentially are, right. and that I feel like is the you know, what cultivates that passion and that excitement for astrology. And because it is, you know, I mean, it's such a complex study. It is one of those things that, you know, it's not like you just end up at the end and you're like, you know, Oh, I'm an expert in astrology and there's no, nothing left. It's like the universe is expanding. Life is, you know, in constant state of change. So we're always able to continue, seeing, you know, new things and exploring and having these discoveries. And, um, and of course, because we are the people interpreting them, we're having these, our own experiences with the planets, Mm -hmm. um, and getting to see for ourselves how certain things turn out, you know, and I'm, I'm personally always aware of what's happening in my chart, you know, what, what's going on with my moon cycle and how I'm connecting to the lunations, you know, and, and also to the outer planet transits and how that is a slower process and a more subtle, you know, um unveiling of of change, you know, and all of those things and watching all of these simultaneous moving parts basically happening at once. So yeah, I just wanted I I I got this image of a mirror reflection and just yeah. thought that's astrology. <laughs>
1: right. Oh, totally. And and you know, we may have another planet in our solar system. We may have hundreds of other planets oh, yeah. in our solar system, right? Like like you said, we are constantly discovering more outside of this planet. And as like you said, as we make these discoveries out there, we make big discoveries in here. Um this is what differentiates the uh, the personal planets from the transpersonal planets, right? The personal planets have always been visible from the naked eye. So we've been making interpretations of them as long as we've been on this planet, right? Venus is super obvious. The moon is clearly obvious. The sun, um, Mercury, not as obvious. We don't see him as often. Um, uh, Mars, uh, you know, uh, Jupiter, a little bit of Saturn. And then as we start to get out there uh, past the Kepler belt, um, we see we had to have telescopes for these, right? And so th- right. as we look into Uranus and to Neptune and to Pluto in our own charts, that's when we get really deep, right? Like, yeah. there's this, co- and there's a collective understanding because these are these faraway planets. Um, there's a genetic collective experience carried through those deep elements. And of course, we're not stopped because as as we, as, you know, we discover more, we also evolve more. I mean, uh only what uh gosh a couple of years ago we didn't have cell phones my god you know so um mm-hmm. it's it is you're right it's it's that's the that's the best part of astrology is it is infinite um we will never we will never uh, know enough but before we get ahead of ourselves um or before i get to have ahead of myself <laughs> um where do we start where does one start um now that they know they that something's there something has been deeply um Understood and mirrored uh, back to them about themselves. Uh, where do they go now? Where do they start? Where would you Where would you take someone or suggest them to go?
0: You know, there's this book by Tracy Marks called "The Astrology of Self Discovery," mm. and I really love it. I, I go back to it often because she has these wonderful um, exercises in the book that help you to ask yourself particular questions. And the, the deeper the questions go, the more you get a sense of what these, you know, they refer to the the different planetary aspects and, um, just the overall representations of the planets. Mm. And obviously like now that I've been studying astrology for about eight years, I feel, you know, confident going back and saying like, Oh yeah, my understanding of this has changed. Yeah. Um, you know, so I really think that's a, a powerful book to use, um, in really just the foundation, laying the foundation of what, uh, what planets mean, you know, what the different aspects mean, et cetera. Um, and then Sue Tompkins has some basic astrology handbooks that are really great reference books as well. And then in terms of transits, the cycles of becoming, yes. Oh, that book is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. So that's those three, I would say, or yeah, Sue Tompkins contemporary astrologers handbook is good. Mm. What about you? What do you think?
1: Yeah, actually it's great. I don't know all those books. I I don't actually mm. know about Tracy Marks or Sue Tompkins, so thank you. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um yeah. Cycles of Becoming Gorgeous, of course. Um yeah, I you know, I I start with Linda Goodman's Sun Signs. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I go straight to straight to just the sun signs. Um and in the course, actually, I teach my students, this is the one of the primary books I have them read. Um, although, I really like the idea of these two books because uh, it sounds like they're teaching you more about um, looking at a chart, and so I really like that. And I, I, I like to incorporate that, so thank you for sharing that. Um, I think I share, I always encourage the Sun Signs one um, because it's such foundational understanding to understanding the rest of Zodiac, the Zodiac. Um, and Linda Goodman is just awesome. <laughs> and the book is mm-hmm. really entertaining, you know, cause it's so dated and, and, uh, she talks about, uh, it's, it's like a pre-feminist book. <laughs> mm-hmm. so It's, it's kind of funny to read because she's like, Oh, while well, mom's at home cooking. Um, but, uh, but besides the datedness, it's still incredibly, Relevant And it's, it's, I like it because it says, uh, it goes through each sign and then it goes through the, uh, you know, let's say the Aries child, the Aries adult, the Aries boss, um, the Aries woman, the Aries man. And so, um, I like that because it helps, um, and, and that's kind of how I like to teach astrology is I, in some cases I like to teach from the sun out, (laughs) right.
0: Yeah. From the,
1: the cohesive, um, the cohesion of the sun and then work out to the deep recesses of Pluto. Um, although, you know, I always talk about Pluto, but I, I, I like to start there. Um, if while getting that foundational stuff, um, and, and layering it into interpretations and, and things of that nature, um, and then I would say, um, just after that, um, you know it, i don't know i don't know where i guess there would have to be an organic place that it starts unfolding but i actually jumped pretty quickly into pluto um mm. after the sun sign now granted i am a, uh i was taught by an evolutionary astrologer so uh, there's something to be said about that as well i know there are as many sects of astrology are as there are of you know of personality i know a number of traditional astrologers or horary astrologers vedic um, joyous astrologers there is um predictive there's um, medical there's all kinds of types of astrologers to be but there's something about the first astrologer you meet or the first um introduction to astrology what was that astrologer were there were there they uh horary or were they evolutionary and 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 jason holly is an evolutionary astrologer and so um and that's what spoke to me about astrology is yeah the moon stuff was really interesting and all of that but when he named my nodes um Mm. which the nodes isn't technically jeff green who's created evolutionary astrology he's more pluto but the when he named the notes to me, that was a visceral, full body, breaking my mind apart um, mm. transformation. When when somebody named to me, who really knew little to nothing about me, named to me my greatest challenge by looking at my notes, like named to me the deepest part of my 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 whole experience on this planet up to that point and didn't know me, I said, gosh, there's something to this. Um, and so because he was an evolutionary astrology, I then I went pretty quickly into Pluto and I, and I do bring it in pretty quickly when I'm teaching people because, uh, because it is the foundation of the practice that I do, which is uh, Pluto and evolutionary astrology is the belief that we do come here for a reason, um, that this is not at random, <laughs> that we are part of this um, intrinsic pattern of nature and that we, um, we really do kind of choose these parents that we choose this curriculum. Um, and I have studied Buddhism off and on my whole life. I, I lived in Asia and I studied with Buddhists there, um, in Oceania. I, I studied with them all throughout that area of the world. And then I lived in a Buddhist, um, community for for a while and so i while i'm not necessarily a buddhist i really do resonate with the idea that we are infinite that we 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 go on and we Mm. and we came before and and maybe not through a conscious mind necessarily but i energy doesn't just disappear it just transmutes and transforms and and i believe that when we die our energy transmutes transforms into something else uh, into something else and um and so evolutionary evolutionary astrology just really resonated with the path that i was already inclined towards mm-hmm. um and so when i brought pluto in and when i bring pluto in so quickly it's to maybe give a foundation of the sect of astrology me and and it helps me kind of conceptualize um, why I'm even doing this um, so mm-hmm. and of course so it's it's Jeffrey Jeffrey Wolf Green uh, is kind of the father of not kind of he is the father of evolutionary astrology and he wrote wrote a book called Pluto the evolutionary journey into the soul volume one and volume two and the first volume of it is going to be really specifically for an individual uh, so it's talking about incarnation it's talking about the soul's journey and so on and so forth and then the second volume is about um uh relationships so why do we Well, what's up with these karmic contracts and why do we you know, why, why does Eros bring a certain individual into our our life? And what are, what are we really hoping to learn from one another? And we can see a lot of that through Pluto, an incredible amount of that through Pluto. So, so yeah, so I guess I did go way out there. I went from the sun to Pluto.
0: So um. (laughs) yeah, holding the entire spectrum of our solar system. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. You know, I've never read any of his work. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, yeah. I, and I mean, it was just in, recently, I want to say over the past couple of years that I discovered evolutionary astrology Oh wow! and, you know, I'll just say that I'm, you know, for all of, for any of the people out there who are listening and feel like, you have to choose one area of focus. I will just say that's crap. Totally. And, you know, I don't um, consider myself any type of astrologer. I mean, obviously, I use and study Western astrology, though I have dabbled in um, Vedic as well. And just to get a sense for how, how really these two different stories or different ways of telling the story tell the same story. So, um, I get a Vedic astrology reading usually once or twice a year, as well as getting Western readings. Cause it is, even as an astrologer, it's really helpful to get an outsider perspective of your chart. Um, so yeah, I haven't read any of that. So I, yeah, I'm excited to embark on understanding that a little bit deeper though. I did, uh, I was introduced to Mark Jones this year and I really like the way he speaks to evolutionary astrology and how to work with it in the, client relationship, you know, in a therapeutic way. So that is amazing. Totally recommend his book, um, the soul speaks and that's a wonderful book about working with it. And, um, and he's a
1: great, he's kind of a a great website resource. He actually on his website has some PDFs and, and things of that nature with really good information on it. Um, I actually have used a lot of the information he so generously shares on his website. So, and that would maybe be a place we want to go to, but, um, talking about good websites, but maybe we should mention a few more authors or. Yeah.
0: Oh, I guess I should retract what I just said and say that I do specialize in the Saturn return. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know if that's like really an arm of astrology yet. And maybe it's just an arm that I kind of created. Um, but yeah, I, I'm fascinated with the cycles of Saturn and also with the moon. They are very similar in their, uh, time timing, uh-huh. um, the moon being 28 days and 28 to 30 days and Saturn being 28 to 30 years uh-huh. of its orbit. So, uh-huh. uh, there are some parallels there that I find fascinating. And in addition to, or they both reflect, you know, my fascination with, uh, the feminine cycle and, and yes. being a woman, you know, and what that really Im- it means and in bringing that power, that creative power that we have forward. And so I love, I love to talk about that in my uh, readings with people and yeah. really who introduced me to that is um, Liz green yes. and books, uh, a new look at an old devil and Saturn in transit. And that was the first time I had heard about, or considered Saturn as, a, a guide on the hero's journey. You know, I was yeah. at the same time learning about Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey and recognizing I was going through my own hero's journey through my Saturn return. But, um, Liz green was the first to introduce me to that concept. And I definitely refer to it in working with my Saturn return clients, because the Saturn return really is kind of this, um, cycle of, uh, you know, a complete journey, you know, and it's broken down into these different stages. Um, yeah. you can really follow and track that throughout your own uh, Saturn return. Most of the time, I feel like it's easier to reflect back on your Saturn return in that way and get to see what those stages were rather than being in it and seeing those and experiencing those different stages. Mm-hmm. Cause really uh, for a lot of people, Saturn return can be incredibly challenging and it's just enough to get through life day to day without being like crying in your bowl of cereal every morning like I was so Or sometimes, you know, sometimes it's kind of
1: a good there's a cathartic uh nature of Saturn Return too, right? It's just like so, Yeah. Let's all out, Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and you bring up a really good point. Um yeah, like even though I initially was trained at, with an evolutionary astrologer, I rarely call myself that. You know, mm-hmm. like when people ask me what I am, every once in a while I'll say I'm an evolutionary astrologer. But, you know, yeah, after time you start to become your own type of astrologer, right? Sure. Like, like I call myself at this point more of a um, accessible astrologer is the mm-hmm. term I often use for myself. So I I totally agree. Like, and it's it's so cool to talk to you about this right now because, you know, here we are both practicing the same field, so to speak, yet we have such different backgrounds on how it came to us and what we have... um, what we've been drawn towards right like and i actually said this to someone the other day it's a student i said she said well you know i need to know this and that i said you know just pay attention to what you're being drawn to like mm-hmm. i don't, you don't have to read the things i read and you don't have to approach this the way i approach it i really encourage you to while you're learning about a chart while you're starting to to, to delve into it um go where your eyes go you know are you looking at the moon is that like when you're pulling up your your mom's chart and your friend's charts are you just going there and if you are then um maybe you should be reading about moon cycles right um uh, a really good one on moons by the way is the lunation cycle um by dane rugiar and uh Dane Rigar of course is a big deal. Uh, he's written He's a
0: big deal. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, he really is. He's basically is. like the forefather of astrology <laughs> totally. in the Western world, yeah.
1: Yeah, in a lot of ways he rehabbed it from close to death. Um it was uh, it had you know with uh during the age of Pisces and the crusades and um the heresy that was astrology um and the the heretics who practiced it um who had to practice astrology and hiding for sake of their lives uh by the eighteen hundreds it really lost its its presence in our culture and and Dame Rujiar is credited by some as kind of rehabilitating it um uh and then you know there was uh, other guys who are still around like um Robert hand he 's pretty important um as Stephen Yeah, but he,
0: he has been, I'm sorry, I know Robert Hand is totally a big deal, but his interpretations are so doom and gloom, I can't even deal. Totally. I'm just like, please, this mm-hmm. is, like, life is hard, but his slant is so dark and Tough. so negative. Yeah. I'm like, I, 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 no. So I would just stay away from him, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you're, if you want to learn about predictive astrology and you want to learn about like, hand, yeah. you know, looking at your chart and seeing certain patterns and how they're unfolding and all of that, I would recommend, um, the art of predictive astrology by Carol Rushman. Mm. This book, it I, I have it I have a paperback version and it is like curling pages like it is I have so many things underlined it's really simple and easy to um understand so I mm-hmm. would recommend that over Robert Han's wackadoo interpretations <laughs> I hope yes. he's not listening I doubt he is, is he's even alive I don't know he is he is <laughs> okay, okay yeah
1: he you know I think um I haven't actually read much I've watched a couple of interviews and um, I know some people who know him and things of that nature um and i don't know much about him to be honest i just know that he was a part of this re rehabilitation in the 60s mm-hmm. of it he he was one of the people who um came out and, and- reintroduced it to the culture. Um, and Stephen Forrest, um, yeah, he's wonderful. Uh, he does a great book, Yesterday's Sky on the notes. That's his, um, mm-hmm. a great one. J- uh, Jan Spiller, she is, she's my Bible. I love that, she's one. My Bible. Yeah. I love yeah. that
0: one. I, yeah.
1: I, I keep a stack of those in my, in my office for clients to walk out with, um, because, Aww. Yeah. Cause it's just so, I, I, that is a very, I love that. <laughs> that's, that's probably one of my favorite books. And, and actually while we're talking about favorite books, I would also say next to Jan Spiller and Linda Goodman, um, right up there at the top of them is asteroid goddesses by Demetra George. Um, Ooh. I am a big proponent of asteroids, um, hugely uh, strong. Uh, they, to me, they bring it such a. They fill up the chart. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got you know traditional astrologers, especially like uh, Chris Brennan and 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 Robert Hand. Of course, is part of that, right? These are the guys who went to Kepler College, right? There's a whole school of people out there who. Kepler College is actually shut down now, but it was the only kind of functioning, one of the only functioning educate higher education systems you could go to 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 learn astrology. Now it's just mostly online uh, for my understanding, but, uh, most of it is taught as traditional astrology. So a lot of those astrologers come from that school. And so they, they only use the planets, right. And they use traditional rulership. So Mars rules, um, Pluto and, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, I think Saturn still rules, um, Aquarius maybe only, I don't know how they, they throw in Uranus into there, but, um, but, I am uh, not a traditional astrologer, um, although I of course consider it and I and I think of it when I'm looking at astrology. But again, I'm a woman, <laughs> and so that kind of cold. When we're looking at the nine planets, those were they're all named after dudes, right? Like Saturn and totally. minus Venus, right? She's the only one up there who is a woman, um, but Mars and you know Jupiter and Pluto and Neptune and da da da, all dudes. Uh asteroids are the feminine uh asteroids layer in the feminine so Vesta and Ceres and um, um uh, Juno and uh, gosh they they're really endless at this point but um that is her asteroid goddesses she she did she's excellent excellent book excellent book um and her interpretations are very beautifully written and right and they're not doom and gloomy they're very um Open and and I and I should make that caveat with Pluto Jeff Green, very plut- plutonic dude. <laughs> his, <laughs> his interpretations are frightening and so, uh, you know, there's been a couple of his interpretations I read and I was like, oh, I'm fucked, you know. And right. And that is again, we talked about this last time, but a lot of the females I write are loose with interpretations with whereas a lot of the men I read, excuse me, um women I read and and men I read are not so loose and Mm -hmm. and this is again this kind of linear cyclical feminine masculine not always but that's tends to be the case when reading and and so a strong encouragement to everybody who's ready to get involved and is taking some of these book suggestions take the everything as a suggestion I mean these every book is going to give you an interpretation and that book doesn't know who you are. That book doesn't know your chart. That book does not does not know the smell of your childhood bedroom. That book does not know uh, how your mother touched you or how she didn't touch you. That book only knows that the moon was in this constellation when you were born. That's all it knows. So take these interpretations with a grain
0: of salt is my greatest suggestion. Well, also readings in general. I mean, everything is filtered through, you know, our experience and understanding the, you know, to the extent of our understanding, because of course we are limited in um, Mm. certain ways of understanding things. So, you know, yeah, I, I certainly made the mistake several times in the past to um, take readings at face value, you know, like fundamental truth, as if that somebody else knows my truth better than me. Mm -hmm. And I've done that with psychic readings and, you know, intuitive readings, whatever, what have you, all, all of the mystical juju that's out there Mm -hmm. that has been really valuable for me, but also in a way detrimental in kind of knocking me off my center. Mm -hmm. And I always encourage people who are interested in astrology to also take astrology with that same sense of this is one truth, but totally. not the whole truth. Um, I'm a huge proponent of studying and exploring so many different modalities and incorporating them into your life as, you know, a practical, holistic, truly holistic, uh, way and approach of engaging with life. Because in, in the end, none of us know what's going on. <laughs> We're just trying to figure it out. Absolutely, Nobody has the answer if they did. Um, I don't know. Maybe this place would be really boring. Maybe totally. it wouldn't be as exciting. I think the fun is in the, in the exploration and the, the discovery
1: totally. and the question. Yeah. Yeah. And there's actually, I just posted this on my Facebook, uh, just like right before we started talking, there was an article I saw that, uh, the ESAR um, just posted, uh, and it's called, uh, and it's by Liz green who anything you can read by hers is always great too. Um, and it says how we view life is how we reach charts. So, so I I started reading the article, I didn't get through it, but it's 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 something along the lines of don't forget that whoever's reading your chart, whichever therapist you're working with, whatever helping professional, doctor, plumber, teacher, whatever, we are only doing it from our perspective. We can try to bring in all of the perspectives, but every individual comes in with their own personal lens and, and right. And so you know, sometimes I'll have a client say to me, Oh, I'm thinking of getting a reading from someone else. And I'm like, do it, do it. Totally. <laughs> do that. I, know. I please, love that. You, I do not own you. You do not own, I am one element of, of um, you know, do it please. And tell me what you learn because they're going to see your chart very differently than I am. Cause they've read different books, they've learned different modalities and they've had very different life than I have. Please you, you, you don't limit yourself to one astrologer um, or one therapist, yeah. maybe even. Or one one doctor, you know, there's the old saying, get three different opinions, and you'll go to three different doctors, and they will give you three different opinions. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if it is a science, uh, science, science, it's always changing. Um, everyone is, has their different lenses. So yes, I'm glad we're bringing that up. And that might be worth a whole show, I, I, I think. I feel a lot of, of energy behind this topic. So I, yeah. I, I think, and I think it's really important to bring it up during this show, though, because like you said I was the same way like I was like oh my god like I was born in a the crescent moon so my whole life I'm gonna struggle fuck
0: what, <laughs> what? what? whatever or I have dude. moon square Saturn like oh I'm so like depressed <laughs> so, all the time for my whole right. life no that's not true
1: right it's that self self fulfilling prophecy and it's mm-hmm. it's the place where I think when you do become a professional astrologer and we're, and we've mentioned this, but we'll have a show on this too. It's you do kind of, you have to watch yourself. You got to watch your pigeonholing of yourself and others. And, um, and, 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 you know, there, there's some people like Rob, um, what's his name? Rob Brenzi. Oh yeah. Bresni. Bresni. Oh yeah. my God. That dude Wonderful. is epic. And he is epic. literally a free re- will astrologer. And he's all about, uh, he's like the paranoia of what's it, he's got a new book i actually and oh, actually noia no, totally yeah, paranoia. how the world is conspiring for us and not right. against us as there's rampant paranoia at least definitely here in, definitely here in colorado
0: but definitely here in the united states of america
1: yes it's intense
0: right now <laughs> my god it's a real thing
1: yeah the internet oh they're watching us um, and mm-hmm. so um yeah so he's great because he's a free will astrologer and i and i would i would lean more towards that maybe than anything and that is take these experiences these things you read these interpretations you hear um and 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 literally take what resonates and spit out the rest and know that this is just part of where you are today right or where i am today and i'll go back and read an astrology book years later and i'll read it completely differently than i had before my own chart for for god's sake i mean Every time I learn something about myself, I see it in my chart. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah.
0: That? whoa. <laughs> yeah, I know, each time. And, you know, another book that I thought of that's really helpful in understanding outer planet transits, Ooh. Gods of Change Ooh. by Howard Sasportis. Have you read that one? No. So good. Oh, it's so good. Oh. Like, it's, it's not doom and gloom. It's, Yay. you know, it really kind of um, gently... You know, introduces you to these outer planet transits that in the astrological community have kind of like a, I don't know, a dark reputation. You know, it's like they're, it's people get nervous when they hear, oh my God, I'm going to have a Uranus transit or "Uh, Pluto. Oh my God. Like, what does that mean? My life is going to change and nothing's going to be the same, you know? And imagine if we didn't even know. about these things. It would happen anyways. So, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing of like the chicken before the egg or whatever. Mm. But I guess the way that I always, the, the place that I always come back to when I kind of get a little frantic, even about my own chart or my husband's chart, who in 10 years will have a series of Pluto transits that are freaking me out. I try to come back to the fact that, you know, yes, it's helpful to know that these things are happening so that we can respond appropriately like the weather you know it's Uh it's helpful to know that it's going to rain today and so that you bring a coat and you're prepared but not to be um like ruled by it where it's like dominating your life or you know anything like that so in a way i feel like we're forewarning Mm -hmm. folks to not um you know of from the mistakes that we've maybe engaged with in our own relationship with astrology and Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, and, and it's funny because uh, I don't actually look at my chart much. <laughs> I know
0: you've said that. Yeah. There's some differences in how we approach things. Very, I'm noticing that. And yeah. I like it. And that's yeah. why that's
1: why I think we've come together to bridge, right? Because right. I think we, we do come from different uh, perspectives and different things. And I think that's what makes this really rich. Um, but yeah, I, d- I don't look at my chart. Um, I, in fact, rarely, very, if you ask me what degree Saturn's at I I honestly couldn't tell you. I could barely tell you. I, I it's in the sign of Scorpio. I know that much. It's in, you know, I don't know what it's aspecting. I I don't. I don't know my chart very well. And 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 what how I use it personally is like last week, this past week. Actually, this really this last moon cycle since February 8th. It's been a shit show. Like my I have been demons have been pulled from the pit of my soul and pulled out of my mouth and slapped down in front of me and start dancing and say, look at me, look at me, look at me. And I'm like, holy shit. Like I forgot you existed. That's been my moon cycle, um, this current moon cycle. And, and so I, then I did look at my chart, like what the fuck? Like Mm -hmm. this is painful. And sure enough, the South node of the moon conjuncting Chiron, the wounded healer, deep wounds, deep past wounds are coming up. I look at my part of the chart. It's in the 10th in Pisces. Okay. So it's the house of work, career, public image. This is my deep wounding, right? At least I have tons of it as we all do, but this is what's coming up for me right now. Like how the public views me, how I've been wounded in work, how I've been wounded by the public, you know, they come up. And so I look at my chart, I'm like, yeah, holy shit. Like this is this is not at random, this, Mm -hmm. this, these events. Like I have to look at this now. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's maybe how I look at it a little bit more. Like I'm aware I'm going to be having these bigger transits, you know, the Uranus oppositions and, um, Chiron returns and whatever it might be that I work with a lot of clients with, and yeah, it's really helpful to know that there's going to be big, big shifts uh, at certain ages because I watch it happen with all my clients. But yeah, I don't really look at my chart much, um, mm-hmm. and so and so again to, to all of you who are wanting to begin, whatever works for you, do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like you know, go with go with your gut. Um, so I'm just kind of noticing our time and, and we haven't even begun to really talk about maybe websites
0: or, um, mm. yeah, uh, today's show has been books. So, yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: So maybe we would want to do it on websites, astrologers, um, schools, conferences, um, and, and I, I just a little plug for me, and this is not for any other purpose, except that I am trying to create a resource Pinterest board. Um, because at this point they've all just been bookmarks and they're in my syllabus and all that. But I wanted to be able to have anybody access what resources I have at least. And so I just want people to know about it. It's just Pinterest. It's just Eugenia crock MA. And I do, um, helpful books, helpful videos, um, helpful astrologers you're right there at the top my friend um hmm. helpful articles um and then I actually have boards I have an Aries board Taurus board Gemini board oh, and I love Sora. that yeah and I link them with the I, like so for Aries I have Aries Mars and Aries the god of war and so I try to have these, at least when we're looking at the archetypes of the different signs. So, uh, say you're an Aries, I keep using that today, but, um, you can pull up that board and you don't even have to like read the shit in it. Just like, look at it, like, look at, like there's pictures of Mars and look at the redness and look at the archetypal images of Aries, the God of war, who the planet was named after. And it's red mm-hmm. and it's, it's, you know, so you start to get a feel for that sign. So, You know, if anyone's interested, you're welcome to follow it and and look along. And um, I'll keep... Gosh, Danielle's already given me so many different resources um, here today. So bringing her resources in and and other people's is really good. and, And maybe we can put updates on our Facebook page about that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But it would be, I think, really nice in the future to get more in-depth into all these different learning modalities. But I think we've given a pretty comprehensive book list today, at least.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. great. Yeah, us nerds over here love (laughs) to read books. (laughs) Totally. I
1: got called an astrology geek the other day, and I'm like, oh my
0: god, that's right. (laughs) That's cute. I like that.
1: But it's just when you love something, you can't help it. You just want to engage in it all the time or at least me absolutely yeah. yeah it's nice so so uh should we give a little heads up about our upcoming podcasts on the
0: eclipses i'd love to yeah so yeah. there's an upcoming eclipse on march 8th 9th it's later in the day on march 8th and it's going to be at um, 18 degrees pisces ah. uh, and uh so yeah there's a so much happening, you know, in the next coming, I would say nine months Mm -hmm. uh, in this eclipse season and Mm -hmm. eclipses are getting more airtime, I think in the day to day of, you know, kind of in the same way that mercury retrograde is becoming more of a cultural phenomenon. So, um, yeah, we could talk more about that and bring in some client charts, uh, for examples on, and, and also just to be able to study and Follow how these eclipse events unfold for people. So you can really start to see how it, it works in real time, you know? Yeah,
1: Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So if, if any of you guys are listening, uh, email us, uh, you can do it at the contact bridging realities at gmail.com, or you can individually uh, contact us. Um, and we would love to get a couple charts into this. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 um, and, and I think it would be fun to, um, look back at past
0: eclipses. Um, yes, I done, I just started doing that recently Yeah, yeah. and I was like, Oh my God, I've been like really, really hit by a lot of eclipses. Not surprised. Cause the last 10 years of my life have been interesting, mm. you know, in good and not so good ways, you know, both, both and I always like to bring that piece in, but, um, I would love to hear other people's stories too, right. of how things have happened for them.
1: Yeah, and I'll just share. I just have been looking back on mine. I don't get that affected by them.
0: <laughs> I
1: mean, this is this is this is why we want to look at everyone's charts. I mean, Danielle, of course, has a really different chart than me, um, so she's going to experience eclipses different than me. And 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 this is this is where we want to bring in that robustness. Is you know. Um, uh, again, I, I wrote uh, – I, I put a couple links on, on my Facebook uh, for – and we could put them on the and Realities uh, Facebook, too, for looking back at past eclipses, at the dates. And if any of you would be ever so kind or willing to look back at those dates in your life and see what's happened, I've already had a couple of people write to me. And like you, Danielle, their lives on eclipses get Shaken Shit. up. Yeah, yeah, totally. Hugely. Yeah. Um, and so we'll look into maybe why more so for some people uh, than others. Um, and of course, this will have to do with where the eclipses lie in the chart um, mm-hmm. and and things of that nature. Um, and yeah, and you're right. The next few months are really going to be incredible. And this eclipse... Um, there's a stellium of, of lots of other planets happening. So, you know, we got <laughs> Jupiter there that we got, Oh my God, the Mercury series and Oh my gosh, just so much Chiron. Uh, so it's going to be a wild eclipse season and we'll yeah. maybe um, explain what t- does it even mean to say eclipse season. So, um, yeah. because I think we need to give that some context and how that even happens in the sky and all that good stuff. So, um, so, yeah, so write to us and let us know. And um, and we'd like to gift you back, right? Um, exactly. Yeah, so if you guys do that, we're going to pick maybe two to four charts. We'll kind of see how that feels for us. But if we pick your chart, we'd love to offer you a 30-minute check-in. Um, so uh, we'll kind of, you know divvy that up between Danielle and I, and it might be fun if, uh, you know, a client that I've had before gets a 30 minute check in with Danielle to get, again, another layer, um, mm-hmm. into understanding. I love that. that might be fun if people mm-hmm. are sick of talking to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> or me,
1: <laughs> cause I know I get sick of talking to myself. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'm pretty, um, excited to do that and, um, and we'll, we'll definitely have that posted before the eclipse comes uh, so you can kind of start to feel into it and just be observant of it and, um, uh, you know, see what happens and be curious. So curiosity. Yes. Yes. Lovely. Lovely. So, uh, any other thoughts, Miss Danielle?
0: I'm just thinking I like this. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I, and also I'd love to hear, um, any questions that you have any stirrings, any, you know, what do you want to know? What do you want to talk about? What's something that's, you know, a burning, uh, curiosity or worry or concern, you know, maybe we can even address that, um, in your, in your study of astrology and understanding it and, and, or stuff that you really love about it or hate about astrology. I mean, bring it, I'd love to talk to some people who are just naysayers and just say, get that perspective as well. So Yes, We're open to it all.
1: Because I, yes, all those uh, naysayers are definitely going to be tuning in. You know, it's funny. I know a lot of naysayers and I actually had them tune into our podcast. I I made them. And uh, so I could have conversations with them about it because it's so helpful, isn't it? I mean, it helps me describe it more and more. So, um, yeah, that'll be great. I love it. I love it well Danielle I think this is lovely thank you for spending time with me again and um and I really love the two different perspectives where we will be bringing to this I think it is it's very dynamic um, Mm -hmm. for for people so I'm grateful for you and thanks thanks for for doing this so we will look forward to doing this again and 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 I'm you know speaking with you all again soon
0: Yes. Many blessings to you all. Stay tuned, stay put, stay aware, and stay curious. Absolutely. Mwah. Mwah. Lots of love.